Brought to you by Kirby Medical Center. A CrossFit coach, Jordan Barney, and a soccer coach, Dan Berkebile, bring you their insights into physical fitness, mental preparation, and ways to improve your life. And now, your view from above, the coaching perch. Coach Burke here. I'm with Coach B, and I'm glad to have a guest. We have Miriam Garrett, who has been a physical therapist for 30 plus years. Yes. And been at Kirby for over 20 years. So most of our listeners know Miriam from the Rowathon that we have annually at the CrossFit Box that raises money for breast cancer. I know Miriam from the medical side at Kirby, um, working with patients, helping her with that. And then also she's presented to med staff. And I'm excited to have her talk about both her adventure into the Rowathon, but also her therapy side of things. So Miriam, uh, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your family and how'd you get into physical therapy? Thanks for having me too. But um, well, I, um, as far as family goes, I have two adult sons. Um, I've been, I'm divorced, but yeah, they, one lives in Missouri, one lives in Iowa. So I'm an empty nester and boy, I got into physical therapy because in my high school biology class, it was my senior year. I knew I wanted medicine of some sort because my whole family is medical. And I heard this physical therapist talk to my biology class and I thought, well, that sounds pretty interesting. So once I got to college, that's just kind of the avenue I kept pursuing and discovered that it it worked well for moms who want to continue to work once you have a family. And I knew I would want to still do that part-time, and so it, it works well for that. So I was able to work part-time and still be home with my kids some. So where'd you go to school? I got my bachelor's at Olivet Nazarene U- University up in Kankakee, mm-hmm. and then I went to grad school for my master's in Indianapolis at University of Indianapolis. Are, so are you here from the area originally? Yes. I grew up in central Illinois. Um, I grew up in Chrisman, Illinois. My dad was the local dentist, and... He wanted us to raise in a in a small town. So did he push? Did he want you to do dentistry growing up? No, no. But I did have to work in his office as the receptionist several summers, and I, I had to make a lot of phone calls, and I did not like that. He kind of had to keep his thumb in my back to <laughs> Miriam make those calls. We need to get those cleaning patients in, and I would have rather been outside because I I would mow lawns for a summer income other summers, but no, I, I did do that. But yeah, he, he never pushed me into going into his profession, thankfully. That's funny. So Miriam, do you, we'll kind of roll into, you obviously row, but did you, do you have a history of uh, lifting weights? No, I've always, well, I guess I, the only weight lifting I ever seriously did was when I dated a weightlifter and a wrestler in college. <laughs> he made me go to the gym with him. And that's funny extremely difficult workouts, but it was one of those where, wow, I accomplished something I never thought I could do. But no, I've always been active either uh, different sports in high school and then in college, just used the equipment they had available. And some of it was gym work, but um, I like a variety, but I don't really enjoy running. I, I would rather, you know, do an exercise class or uh, take some good long hard walks or, or things like that. But yeah, the, the dragon boating is, um, is one of my favorite things to do. And, um, I guess I've been to a boxing gym, um, the last few years in Urbana, a women's boxing gym. And I, I really love that. Yes. Um, and 
Yeah, so that's kind of my exercise history. So tell me about but, the Dragon Paddlers. I'm glad yeah. you introduced this. Yeah, we are called the Prairie Dragon Paddlers. And I'll make a correction kindly. Uh, we're not rowers <laughs> because that's a whole different um, sport. We're, we're paddlers. Um, but we are, you know, our team was founded in 2015 uh, by Kelly Bradham. We are all breast cancer survivors. And, you know, the, the sport is over 2,000 years old, and I think it started in China. Um, yeah. And, but in the 1990s, a uh, sports medicine doctorate um, up in British Columbia started, just got curious as to how women who've gone through breast cancer surgeries, what they can do to exercise, because all the docs at that point, everything says, oh, you can't do anything strenuous anymore. Well, there's a lot of us who don't want to get rid of that uh, piece of fitness in our lives. So he just started experimenting and stumbled onto dragon boating and got a group of brave breast cancer survivors to build a team and just kind of see how they handled it. And the the big reason they say avoid strenuous exercise with your arms is for lymphedema, which is a very serious um can be a very serious issue for upper bodies and um, for breast cancer survivors. And so the women did well. And it's because if you do your form correctly uh, with your paddling, it's a core exercise. Your arms are just along for the ride, guiding the paddle in the right form. And so, yeah, it's just exploded around the world as a breast cancer survivor sport. Um, so yeah, our founder got introduced to it, um, when she was going through treatment and came back home and said, we need one in central Illinois of all places. And I, I got in on the ground floor and have loved it ever since. So what is a dragon boat and how many people are in a boat at a given time? A dragon boat, it's, it looks kind of like a giant canoe. It's 40, usually 40, 42 feet long. There are 10 seats and two people per seat. Um, so there's 20 paddlers in a boat. There is a steer person that stands in the back managing the long oar. And then there is a drummer or a caller that sits in the front. That's usually the coach. Um, and we each have a paddle. So since there's two per seat, you're, you're paddling on one side of the boat uh, when, you're, when you're there. And it's different than a kayak or a canoe paddling technique. Um, but it's... If you do it right, you're you're using your core, and it's a really really good workout. We um, we practice out at Homer Lake during the boating season, so usually, uh, hopefully, we can get in the water by early May, and then we go through September. And we, yeah, Wednesday night, Saturday mornings, we're out there on the water, and that is really cool. Um, yeah. So. What's a typical training session? How long does that last? Uh, hour, maybe a little longer, and. Um, yeah, do a warm-up, you know, a long warm-up. You may paddle for 10 to 20 minutes just warming up, which is is tiring, especially early in the season when we're, not, when we're not used to it. And then we'll do some drills for power. Um, we'll do some timing drills. And it's all about sequencing because if you're not in sync with each other, no matter how fast you're going, it's – you're going to be very inefficient. So, 
And, and we have learned that our group of women, we don't necessarily need as much speed when we're in sync. We have a good amount of power and that we, we can win, win races that way. So, but yeah, we'll, we'll practice cause we do go to races. We'll, we'll practice start techniques cause you need a good start to get your boat up off, get it on top of the water. Uh, so then you can get your speed up and so forth, but. So you start yeah. outside of the boat and then you jump in together? No, no. no but it's probably like sinking. Like no, but yeah, you're you're starting from a dead stop in the water. Okay. Um, but yeah, you have to get, you have to break that tension in the water to get your, your boat up and gliding across the water better. So your start is really, really important. So we spend a lot of time on that um, during practice season. I love that's outside of the gym. To me, that just <laughs> is, I think, kind of something we've been hinting at lately. And this is so cool. You know, especially because I feel like I didn't, you might have to explain this to me again, because um, you made the point of it's not rowing. What would you consider the true difference between both of those, rowing and paddling? Well, with rowing, you've got, um, you've got a, an oar in each arm, and it's, I guess I haven't done that very yeah. much, whereas um, with a paddle, it's all one-sided, so it's it's all about driving the paddle straight down into the water, and then you rotate your trunk. Um, that's where the core comes in. You just rotate it a little bit, and then you're quickly lifting it up and then bringing it back forward again, ready for the next stroke. So it's um, your, your power, your forward movement in the water comes from that rotation in your trunk, and you're grabbing as much of that underneath water as you can on your paddle to get that forward movement. So I think you guys go pretty fast, though. Um, we can. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like imagining this. <laughs> I can just imagine just skiing through the water. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's just it's a it's a blast, and yeah. you know we have the luxury of being out at Homer Lake, which is a well kept secret, you know, and and they don't allow um, only electric trolling motors at best are out there, so. We might be out there with a couple fishermen or some kayakers or stuff uh, or, you know, canoers or whatever. But the wildlife, um, we've got some birders on our team. So they're pointing out we've seen eagles. We There's always a blue heron or a family of herons out there. So it's it's a beautiful place to get to do that, too. Very cool. Miriam, tell me about your coach. We're a coaching podcast. So I want to hear about what, what does your coach do? Does the coach kind of bring everybody together? Um, obviously, do, does the cadence, things like that. So tell me about that. Yeah, our our coach, she, boy, she's she's amazing. She's also, she was one of the founders of our team. And she was a paddler before she was a coach. Um, yeah, she has to, before every practice, she has to kind of get a workout plan of what we're going to do for the day. Um She's very good at um, encouraging and teaching because she's gonna. She's also one of our main steer steer people, uh, steer person. So she's usually in the back of the boat. We did um, in the last year get a mic system so we can hear her better, and we've got Heck several yeah. speakers in, uh, speakers in the boat, which is really helpful for the front of the boat where I usually am. And um, yeah, she may have to give a little little correction as we're going through, and it's a, it's a lot of work uh, for her, but she she's really good at it, and she loves it. So so there's uh, six criteria we use to gauge a great coach, so I mm-hmm. guess we can put her on the grading scale here. Oh. So uh, you said she's a good teacher, though, right? Mm-hmm. So what they look at is um, teaching, 
mm-hmm. seeing and correcting. So mm-hmm. being able to recognize when there's an issue and how to fix that. Mm-hmm. Um, presence and attitude. Mm-hmm. Group management. Mm-hmm. And then demonstration. Mm-hmm. You know, you, if you – does she fit those qualities pretty well? Absolutely. See, that's a pretty yeah. awesome thing. That's uh-huh. how we gauge our coaches as well. Uh-huh. So that's a really cool thing. Yeah, and it's helped because our previous coaches haven't actually been paddlers. Um, and when the team was started, where do you find in central Illinois – somebody who has dragon boat experience to be your coach. Um, you know, we, that just isn't, but we had some awesome, um, women who have sports background and coaching background and other things who wanted to be part of it. They went to clinics, they did research, uh, you know, watched online so they could still from that angle coach us. Um, but yeah, Debbie, was a paddler, and then she moved into that coaching role. So, so cool. Mm-hmm. So tell me about these races. Who do you compete against? Um, and maybe is there like your favorite race of all time that didn't go the way you wanted or maybe surpassed your expectations? Oh, well, let's see. Uh, on a normal year, we, we stay in the Midwest because there's a lot of um, breast cancer teams in the Midwest and a lot of venues that host these Dragon Boat Festivals. And so we... Um, We've typically gone up to one of the races in Chicago in one of the suburbs up there. Um, there's a lake up there that we would race. And there's corporate teams there. There's mixed teams, men and women. Um, but there's usually at least three or four breast cancer teams. And we try to just race against breast cancer teams because that's um, more apples to apples, I guess, if, yeah. if you want to say it that way. Um, we've gone to Kentucky. And probably for me, the most memorable one, and for many of our team, was down in Kentucky. I think it was a pretty windy day, and that was a it was a fundraiser for their their team down there for breast cancer survivorship. And so, a lot of teams that different companies put together, they'd never been in a boat together, really had no idea what they were doing. They were just there to have fun and and raise money and. At least three boats tipped over because they, it is easy to wow. tip over your boat. And at least three different boats of, um, these fun teams <laughs> tipped <laughs> over. And so that kind of set a different mood for the, for the day. <laughs> and then in one of our races, cause usually we race three times and then, um, you keep kind of bumping up, um, depending on your time of who you're going to race. And, during one of our races, I usually sit in either the first or the second seat, and the steer person is always in charge of your boat um, because they can see what's going on around you. And you're you're trained; your eyes are straight ahead. You are not looking beside you to see who's who's close, who's not, because it's going to mess up your concentration and your form. So we're all looking straight ahead, going as fast as we can. We're getting near the finish line. And we were going to win, but all of a sudden our, um, our steer person said, hold the boat, which means you, you put your paddle in the water immediately and you stop that boat as fast as you possibly can. And we're all like, why? We were almost <laughs> ready to win this. We were about to T-bone another boat that was crossing in our lane, oh. but we couldn't see them. Wow. So, Is yeah. that one of the competitors? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. So... That's um, like just a civilian. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a breast cancer team, but they're, I think they had a novice steer person and thankfully we had a very experienced one. And, um, 
And wow. yeah, so that was that was the most memorable uh, of local races, but probably the biggest for our team was getting to compete in Florence, Italy in 2018. Oh, wow. Yeah, the every well, normally every 3 to 4 years they do a big international only breast cancer teams across the world and they move it to different places like the Olympics and um, this one was held in Florence, Italy, and eight of our team got to participate, and we joined up with a partial team from Wisconsin, um, excuse me, Minnesota. And so we got to spend a week in Florence um, with over 3,000 breast cancer teammates um, and compete on the Arno River down through the city. It's, That'd be incredible. It was, in, it was amazing. And then... The next one is going to be held next spring um, in New Zealand, and we have 20 people signed up. We are going to, our team is registered. We are going to get to go compete as our own team, the Prairie Dragon Paddlers, and that's, one, it's such an amazing feat for as young of a team as we are, Um, but it just shows the support we've had from our sponsors, the, the region, and our teammates to be able to, to do as well as we have. So did you have to practice with that Wisconsin team for a little little while? We went to, yeah, and it was Minnesota. Sorry, I misspoke on that. But we went up there for a weekend and practiced with them. Um, I think we only had like one weekend of practice together. And then we were able to practice together maybe at one of our local races with them that they attended. And then in Italy, we had one practice event. So, but um, What's the standard race? What's the length? Standard is 500 meters. Okay. Which takes Um, how long? Hopefully under three minutes. Okay. (laughs) Hopefully two and a half. Um, There are a few that are 250 um, that you're shooting for a minute and a half or less. Then there are some like dragon boat marathons that are 2,000 meters. I've never done one of those. A few of our teammates have, but. What is, does it matter where you're at in the boat? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um. Besides the steer and the, you know, right. the actual paddlers. Right. Um, yeah, you, the coaches, um, one, you you got to have a balance with weight. So that kind of feeds into it because we're all different sizes and shapes. And then you need more powerful people towards the middle and the back of the boat. Um, faster paddles in the paddlers in the back because the water speed is going faster than in oh, the front of the boat. Yeah. Um, the front few seats set the pace that the rest of the boat follows. So a little more of that precision in the front. Yeah. Um, I was curious on the strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a definite strategy. Yeah. But you need to be, as a well-rounded team, be willing to sit in any seat that's needed um, in case because you're going to yeah. get moved around depending on who's there that day. So. That's why I wondered if, if you only got to practice like one weekend, like that probably pretty tough to figure out where is the best spot for this person? And here's our one weekend of practice where, you know, yeah. which is something's better than nothing. But right, right. Yeah. And they tried to put us in seats where we perform the best according to what our coaches and what we were able to tell them. But, but yeah, we're, we're really excited. To, uh, we're going to have a, a meeting with those of us going next week about New Zealand because New Zealand, our, our contacts over there said that, Starting in July, they're going to allow the USA to get back into their country. So we're hopeful that it'll actually happen because it was supposed to be this year. It was supposed to be March of this year, and they did have to postpone it. 
Very cool. So tell me about how you got involved with the Rowathon here at Kirby. Well, um, the very first one I think they had, they, I, I think, I think one of my teammates or my president knew the director at that time and just kind of connected us. And we got, we had several teammates who, well, including me, none of us knew what, what was a Rowathon, what did you do and how it worked, but. We did that, and I guess right before we came out here, we did one in Champaign at one of the CrossFits in Champaign. I think that was our original connection. So then we moved once once um, Kirby opened the CrossFit box out here, we were able to do it. So we've done it every year. We've had one since, mm-hmm. um, and it's just been awesome. Yeah. Our, my teammates who get to do it love it. It's one of our favorite activities, and just appreciate how – Kirby and the CrossFit box has supported us as a as a team. It's just been really amazing. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I think last year, at least for because um, I've been here, I've been I've done it four or five times now. But uh, kind of running it all and getting it going, I didn't realize like you know we had a few people. I'd say we had we've always had a team at least. Last year we had two teams worth, and we had like twelve or fourteen people. I think so. Yeah, I think we had like I, six or seven. I was I like, this is incredible. It was so <laughs> cool. And man, we took pictures and then we put them on our Instagram and our Facebook page and they were dancing. They had a big circle, had a great time. We had a, you actually had two people on your team who were actually going through breast cancer treatments, I believe, right? One was going through esophageal cancer treatments. I mean, she's a breast cancer survivor, but this was gotcha. a new cancer. And then another one who's going through some complications and other um, metastatic cancer treatments from her from her breast cancer yeah and thankfully they're both doing well right now good that's good to hear Mm -hmm. yeah it was a lot of fun and you know if for those that have done the rowathon i think it's always good to know like the why right the whole reason we've done the rowathon and yes it's a good time to kind of i even said it on the little like uh interview on on the news that yes it's a little bit of fitness but that's not what it's all about you know and to have you guys there and have your team there and have so many of them I think that was the best part, you know, because the more people, it makes more noise. And mm-hmm. um, to see, we always put you guys in that front spot right off the, well, now that we're doing it outside a lot more, mm-hmm. um, that front spot. So everybody that walks by has to come by you. And I just love that. And you guys have been such a great um, addition. And it's so fun seeing the, the positivity and the excitement that you ladies bring. It is Aww, so much you. fun. It thank really you. just like, <laughs> ah, just fires me up. I'm excited. Well, and it was really touching to us to see so many of the other team members come sign the sign the signs that we had out for our for our teammates. That just um, I didn't get to deliver the signs; another teammate did. But uh, I'm, I know that was just really they just loved that and felt really appreciated and yeah. and loved. And you know, it's something about that. You know, a big part of our team, our, our mission, and our plan is a dragon boat team is we've been so well-supported and well-funded that we've been able to establish um, a breast cancer research fund at the U of I Cancer Center um, in our name. And we were the first named fund to get to do that. And we just are very proud that we can further that research and that education and and just work with um, other, you know, breast cancer survivors in the communities we're we're working with Christy clinic and some with Carl of just how can we have inroads to their patients to just share some of the things we have learned through our experience and and bring some hope and and encouragement into their lives and so that's that's exciting to see how 
our mission is a um, an organization is it's more than just a sport that's yeah. a big piece of us um, but it, it's bigger than that so with that Miriam um, how would people find you on social media are you on Twitter Facebook how would we learn more about uh, dragon paddlers oh great question uh, we we are on Facebook under Prairie dragon paddlers we have a public page um, we also have a really nice newly vamped uh, website uh, prairiedragonpaddlers.org yeah there's some photos there photos and videos on our on our facebook page of some of our races but yeah it, it tells about the team um, there's ways on our website to donate if people wanted to um, ever donate um, you know just membership and more about us very cool well thanks Miriam. this has been awesome oh Thank you, thanks so much it's it's i enjoy talking about these subjects so thanks for Thanks for being interested.